0: Hey, it's Ben Tringove here. Welcome back to another episode of the Human Source Codex. In today's episode, Kelly's actually interviewing a good friend of hers, Dr. Stephen Fonzo. And to kind of give you a bit of a pre-frame, what they're going to be talking about is an interesting topic around how to actually suffer a bit more effectively, or how to uh, get through suffering better, as uh, Kelly says. And just to kind of pre-frame who Steve is, so Dr. Steve Fonzo is an author, he's a lecturer, and also a facilitator in the areas of uh, of health, healing, and human potential. And he's actually facilitated over 130,000 sessions assisting people of all ages uh, with enhancing their health, healing, and well-being, increasing vitality, mental clarity, emotional resilience, and spiritual fulfillment. So he certainly has some knowledge around uh, these areas. So we'll cue the theme song, and we'll dive into it. So the big question is this. How do truth-seeking entrepreneurs like us sift through the gurus and teachers that persuade us through hype by promoting half truths? How do we as inspired individuals raise our awareness so we can access ever greater levels of achievement and fulfillment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Bing Trimgrove and welcome to the Human Source Podcast with co-host Kelly Stewart.
1: Hey Stephen, uh, it's so good to have a chat with you today and jump into this conversation around, well, it's actually going to go across many different aspects and we were having a quick chat like before this and one of the things that I really honed in on was like how we can actually teach people to suffer a bit better. I want to dive on into that, and like, I'd love to hear the the meaning behind this.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, <clears throat> one of the well, the first chapter in the book, Finding Magic in the Mess, was uh, was originally called Suffering, and um, because it's a it's a place to start, it's oftentimes a, a a breaking point in for us to to help to awaken us and and to to bring on new awareness and perspective. So. Um, you know, suffering kind of has a few phrases around it, and and a few um, experiences, I guess you could say. And there's helplessness, there's powerlessness, um, there's it feels like something's never going to end, uh, and it feels hopeless, and uh, it feels like nothing works. And those experiences that we have is essentially what suffering is. Uh, now, the reason that I, I when I work with people, we work in the body to help to, um, at least at the beginning, to alleviate some of the suffering, is because the body's very knee-jerk, and uh, so it actually responds to our environment about 500 milliseconds before the brain can interpret the information. So in a sense, as we're walking into an environment and we know like when we walk into an environment, we could feel the tone. We could, you know, if there's tension in there, the old saying, you can can cut the tension with a knife in the room and you're embodying something, you can feel it. There's a tone to it. Uh, And our body's already responding before we can consciously put everything together. So the body's a knee jerk, reflexive center that responds immediately to your environment. And I find when we've suffered to make a quick change to kind of get into the system quickly to help it to breathe better and just give it a little bit of breathing room uh the breath in the body is a wonderful way to start the process to get in there
1: i love that you know the the knee jerk reaction from our sensory component which is our first form of feedback to our mind yeah and uh we we then have a moment in time in time and space, that uh, we have a decision-making process, right, and how we're going to respond to what is specifically happening, like with, within our body. But do you find that through the lack of consciousness that the majority of people don't even have that awareness about, like, what is taking place? So, uh, the central nervous system or the reflexive center is just taking over and they're being run by that part without any consciousness to, you know, that they can have some control over those parts.
2: Yeah. Just with, with the knee, with the knee jerk reaction and it's almost like the system gets hijacked and you have no clue. So there is a, there is a brief part in every human's experience where, so, I'll build on that just a little bit. There's a brief part in every human's experience where they've gotten hijacked and they have very little awareness. So it's gone, everything's gone subcortical all into the defensive centers of the brain, the spinal cord and their body. And they, in a moment, they don't have any awareness of what's going on. Um, no matter how spiritual necessarily you are, you still won't have awareness in the first bit of embodying stress. Uh, then what usually happens, there's something external in in your environment that will trigger you. And once that trigger happens, then you can start getting on board. Like the thinking mind can actually start getting on board a little after the triggering process happens. So to me, the the triggering process follows this hijacking. So you get hijacked, you have no clue, you have no clue and no awareness, then a trigger arises in your environment now all of a sudden there's a different you that starts to show up and one that can begin the process of thinking about things a bit differently. So, um, so at that point, um, there's, there's an interesting piece where people continue on the developmental path of expanding their awareness or they'll just stay in a polarity and just battle that for months or years. Uh, so, yeah, just so if they could if somebody could could follow through on that awareness that they have a desire to follow through and be more conscious in their life, then they'll be able to move through that. But if if there's just no one home and there's nor is there a value or an interest in developing themselves further, it's gonna be a little tricky to, to kind of move through that.
1: Okay, so uh, if a person doesn't have any awareness of what of this is actually happening to them then they you know i say that most people if they can't get out of a container that they they don't even see is around them right so how can we bring awareness to people that this is actually happening to them uh in a reflexive component that we then step into you know the fight flight or freeze act you know components of self-preservation and we, we we start reacting from that space instead of actually responding with uh, you know, uh, a, a different level of consciousness into what is happening. Like, and, and I just want to share a story that yep. um, back in um, 2011, like I, I was hijacked or carjacked and held up at gunpoint in uh, in Africa. You know, had the full African experience where you you step outside Run. the the Run. garage and you're driving out. You know. They come a carjack your car and, you know so i had a gun held at my head and a gun held at my stomach and and it Gosh. was it wasn't in the moment that i had any consciousness of what was happening it was wasn't until afterwards that i unpacked the whole thing and looked at what i actually did and how i re- reacted to it and it was really curious is to note that um, in that moment, I went into a fight mode, right? And I, yes. I was unconsciously just reacting to a gun being held at your head, you know, and people said to me afterwards, you know, that was crazy. Why did you do that? And I said, I had no awareness that that's what was happening. I was just reacting to, uh, you know, an outside threat and coming into full self-preservation. So I learned that when I get hit with challenge or self preservation, uh, you know, things that I have to protect is that I'm a fighter. That's my first stage of reaction to actually go to, you know, and by unpacking (laughs) it, it ended up, ended up actually fighting with this guy that had a gun, you know, and wrestling with him and, and whatever, you know, so I found that really interesting, (laughs) but I had no, no consciousness at all of what was happening until afterwards.
2: So. Yeah, you, you clearly have the fight gene and you, and you don't go like a little rabbit or a little bunny and you, and you don't go into freeze mode. So you clearly, uh, you clearly have the fight gene. So yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of the crazy part about, you know, mm-hmm. getting, getting hijacked like that. But as you said, you know, once, once a little bit of time lapses, either you can have somebody that um, helps to, to support you through that. Oftentimes, coaches, facilitators, um, different, varying, you know, partners or experts or things like that that can help you through that stage. Or if a little bit of time lapses, um, then you're just going to develop your own awareness and hopefully you can expand your awareness. So, you know, how do you, how do I help people through it? First thing that I do with people is I generally go back to um, acknowledging that, like you said, in that moment you were unconscious. So I'll actually what I'll do is I'll teach people to to go in their body and place their hands on their body. And just for a moment, just declare in the moment what they experienced. So maybe in that moment I felt powerless or in that moment I felt helpless or in that moment I felt like I couldn't do anything or in that moment I felt stuck. And just when, with a a declaration like that, what a declaration does is it's almost like a hug for your nervous system, you know, to say, yes, that was the experience in the moment. You hear me, you hear what I was doing, you hear how I was protecting you, you hear how I was powerless in that moment. And just acknowledging that moment and accepting the powerlessness in the moment, that will kind of shift your awareness and help you to begin to expand to that next level of consciousness and that next level of awareness. So, so that you're fully connecting with what was in that moment. And uh, I find that very, very helpful for people Um, that want to feel empowered but they try to overpower themselves at times and so we scoot back for just a brief moment and just call it out as to like what was in that moment and and I find that that liberates the breath right away and and once you've liberated the breath now you have a a different perspective on on the rhythm and and your own body and your awareness starts to grow so that's one tool that I use with people
1: oh I love that um I love that Owning the moment—it's not actually avoiding what happened to you or for you. It's actually being in it and um, being present to it and acknowledging it. I love that, like really owning that moment, because a lot of a lot of therapies these days or you know, integration components is that they they want to actually you know get you to avoid those particular events or experiences. But there's so much wisdom within the ability to be able to sit within the suffering, as I call it. And, uh, you know, I love the way that, you know, it's to suffer a bit better. And in those particular aspects, I say, you know, from my clients and direct experience is when you become present to it, you're actually reliving that whole part. So then you can access, you know, exactly the things that your body was experiencing during that with consciousness and yeah there's only
2: a recycling of the energy yeah yeah
1: yeah it, it, it does it brings it back into the moment in time and space because it's it's still there it's you know it's now brought conscious and you have the ability then to integrate it from that perspective through and tell me more about the breath that you actually utilize to be able to you know potentially take a person into that and to your words like rebuild the energy and to reset the breathing and what's the importance of breath that you actually find that actually helps with, um, with, with, with people actually moving through particular suffering?
2: Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I had a woman, she was, she was um, kind of high up in the government and she came to me and she was very, a, a very busy woman, a very stressed woman with extreme shoulder pain. And so we came in and, and she had seen a whole bunch of uh, practitioners to try to fix the shoulder and it just like, just things were not working and she was getting very frustrated. Um, and so I just had her lay on the table and we did a couple of things. The first thing that we did is we just actually like placed her hands on her body. And um, these, the, there's three centers basically, right by the collarbone, um, right uh, underneath the breastbone, like where your rib cage meets up in your stomach area. And then the belly button, which is classic in you know yoga or different traditions of that nature. And so those three areas, are connected to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest, relax, digest system. So instead of that fight or flight, those three centers are really good branches to connect with the rest and relax system. So what I do is I just have people go in um, and just take a couple of breaths at those three areas to see where they feel most connected. And wherever they feel most connected, I'll just have them, because where they feel most connected, they're not all defensive about. So I go to the area where they feel connected and just have them say a declaration like, you know, right now I feel powerless or right now I feel helpless. And they're breathing into a space that they're already connected to. I'll tell you, when I did that with a, with this woman, um, there was instant shift in her shoulder. She started to reposition her whole shoulder. A new connection was made just by Making a quick declaration like that, uh, she was moved to tears of reconnecting with that part of her. And just like you said, reintegrating that information, that energy back through um, a wonderful experience for her. And so it's, it's a very simple breath. But the other thing I would encourage for people is breathing in the nose and out the mouth. It's a, it's a peaceful baseline breath. And it'll produce the physiology of peace, which is what we want in that moment. Maybe not for all moments, but... We want in that moment where we're connecting with that, we want a peaceful moment. And so in the nose and out the mouth is a really important breath um, to, to cycle through, to get the experience, more of the experience of peace in that moment as we connect with it.
1: I love that. So tell me the declaration component, what is that actually doing in terms of consciousness? And if I can say like the collective as well in when a person is, and I, when I say the collective, it's, it's not just the external collective, but the co- internal collective as, as within an ecosystem, within the human being. And what is the vibration of that declaration of intention creating within the inside
2: and outside? Yeah, so I, I think of you know when, it, now it's different in different parts of the world. But if you go at least in North America if you're at a funeral and someone's suffering let's say uh, a spouse lost another spouse and you go and, and you give your condolences in that moment you know you might place a very gentle hand on their shoulder and all you say is you know I'm sorry for your loss and that's it you don't go into a big rant you don't go into a big explanation or hey they'll bounce back you'll bounce back or you know everything will be okay and like when you're suffering, you, you don't want to hear that, that, that stuff. Like you just, you just want to be, you just want the acknowledgement for what your experience is in the moment. And so we intuitively know this. Because we intuitively don't go in and start going on in a big conversation with people when we're at a funeral with someone, we know someone's suffering, we'll be quiet. Um, We'll be generally approaching in a relaxed way, in a relaxed fashion. And we probably crouch down a little bit and we get low. And we meet the, the nervous system where it's at. We meet that being exactly where they're at in the moment. And if we're too high or too hyper or too powerful in that moment, it'll be a really incongruent experience for that person. And so we do our best intuitively to match the experience in the moment of the nervous system and the soul that's experiencing it. And so when we do this declaration, that's, that's all we're doing is we're meeting the system where it was at, or is at in the, in the moment. And when you feel met, and when you feel in that moment.
1: Cool. And um, it, it's interesting, you know, how would a person then determine how to actually meet a person in that in that potential I call it frequency or vibration in that moment, they have to really step into their sensory component to actually uh, like feel into where that person is at. You know, they may have the conceptualization of yes, we're at a funeral and this this person's potentially going through, you know, suffering challenges to do with grief related to death. And um but it's yeah. really being in that collective field, and being—if you can be present to the energy that's actually being emitted from that person—there, there is a, a part of you that will intuitively know where to actually regulate or to come in at, at a certain point with that, and to be able to start that communication process with them to be able. Yeah, to- Yeah, you'll know,
2: and you'll notice yeah the sensory component is huge because you like you said you'll, you'll get that feedback from them but also on the motor component you'll of the nervous system you'll you'll also hear linguistics that you can pick up on like if someone's saying you know always or never if they're using those superlatives they're generally in a state of suffering so it's always like this it's never this way and when you're using those real extremisms uh you could Beside, beyond the polarities is the suffering. And so you'll, you'll hear that person say always and never and they're in a state of suffering. The cortex are disconnected from that area. They're in their subcortical, they're in their defensive centers, they're in survival mode, and they're in suffering mode when they're using those those linguistics. So the motor system will will speak suffering through always and never or those superlatives and, and, and that's a good suffering. Now I can banter back and forth with them. I could try to have dialogue with them and I could try to have a great intellectual conversation with them. But if I'm hearing those words, I know that for me, just back down, Steve, and it's time to almost hold a bit of the space for them to connect to what's real in the moment and not let them run the language to try to override what their experience is because that's what we tend to do. We'll try to override it with maybe empowering language or something like that. And so if I, if I hear that coming from someone, I'll tend to back down a little bit and almost just connect and just know that parts of them in that moment are, are suffering and they need some space and they need some breath. And so I can connect with my breath and engage in a sensory or, you know, a a motor experience where I'm supporting their suffering in that moment. Um, I don't have to be in suffering. I could just support them and kind of hold the space for them.
1: I love that, you know, in, in the constructs that we actually both have run in, you know, uh, through one of our mentors that, uh, you know, to have compassion for somebody is to actually suffer with them. And, you know, I have really, myself you know struggled with that that construct of that belief system attached to that word and you know there's so many different different ways that we could actually look at that is really to have compassion with somebody that's potentially going through a challenging event that may be experiencing suffering in a form and to be able to come down and meet them at that level is you know an empathetic component uh, to connect Mm -hmm is to really see that person and to really honor them in their moment for who they are without judgment and not wanting to change them relative to who they are. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, as, as I breathe into that, you know, this is a breath of fresh air for me uh, because the source of suffering is, is a very worthy component to healing as well. You know, if mother nature, didn't want us to have what we label as, you know, the terribles or suffering or the negative components or depressive components of human existence. They wouldn't be here. They wouldn't even be here on this, you know, planet. It wouldn't be part of our makeup as a human being in our existential form, right? And I think that's what makes us human to be able to connect with others is to be able to really meet a person where they are in their experience in their human experience in that moment. Yeah, that- Kelly, it's such
2: an art. It's such an art to be able to do that and and it and it does, you know, build on what I think we both agree just like developing a keen sense of awareness when you're interacting mm-hmm. with somebody and yeah, that mm-hmm. that that keen sense and that experience of yeah, it's not like you're you're trying to suffer or create suffering for you. It's that you can step in with your awareness into their experience. And, and again, you're drawing now empathy in that scenario and you're extremely useful in that moment to have them to hold the, the energetic space for them and a heart space for them to connect you know, to what their experience is and, and their suffering for sure. I mean, suffering could drive a beautiful experience for us when we connect to peace and remembering peace Mm-hmm. oh my goodness like that part of the healing process is magical and beautiful and and i think that's probably one of the my one of my favorite components of of being in practice for the last 17 years with people uh is because m- most of the people that i end up seeing have tried to not suffer and tried to pass over that human exp- that human element mm-hmm. and that element of their experience and so to bring that peace in is so refreshing for them because like, oh, it's, it's like they're re a, a part of themselves that was, was being left out of the healing process. So it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing.
1: Oh, it's, it's totally beautiful. And you know, to be all is to be divine, right? And that is not to actually avoid those parts or any part of the existence of our existential being um in in the form that we are here right to me that is full mm-hmm. consciousness at its at its highest level so therefore <laughs> we could say you know in, in essence uh you know there's so many constructs in, in 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 many parts of the world that are the polarities of each other so uh and really if you dive into the elements of buddhism you know the you look at the, the, the initial construct of that, the, the, the source of all human suffering is to avoid the unavoidables and to try and obtain the unobtainables. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so in the essence to actually want to actually negate or change suffering is to avoid it. And so therefore it creates yes. more suffering and and it, it it starts off with it creates a catalyst that ends up you know creating disease in, in people's bodies because the very essence of healing is actually to, to actually go directly into the the presentation of what we may be experiencing and you know i love to use the words you like i go and sit with it you know i go and sit with it and it like i just like, allow, <laughs> allow it to be because and get really present with it you know some people think oh my gosh she's crazy but in i I, in the the way that i actually got myself to actually like come to this component was you know a few years ago uh, three years ago my husband was actually killed in a car crash so you know you have the elements of grief and and then there was uh the exponential losses that actually came along with that which i'm just going to say was this uh a a total loss of identity. So imagine, imagine the source of suffering that's actually attached to that, where you've lost everything that you once knew Mm. and including the part that you perceived that you were and uh, being a human behaviorist and a consultant, you know, to me it was the the biggest teaching in my life. It was the biggest awakening that awakened me to this next layer of consciousness to be able Mm. to, and the very thing was that, is that you cannot avoid suffering. It's to be present with the energy of it, to be present with that component. And, you know, I just say, love it. Be in love mm-hmm. with it. And, oh, thanks for
2: sharing that. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And do, you find, do you find that um, if we look at the elements of, of suffering, and each person, each individual on this planet will have, a different way of how they may speak or uh, perceive or communicate what their suffering may be, right? But if you look at the underlying component of all elements of suffering, it is just an energy that is actually permeating through our body in, in some kind of form. And, and everything that we're trying to be as a human being is to, you know, obtain a feeling or to ab- avoid a feeling, Right so mm-hmm. in in those two polarities and and we look at what is really a feeling and, you know this is this is where I love to actually go like really deep into like what is the essence of a feeling like what is it it, <laughs> it is seems
2: energy <laughs> yeah, you know it, it, at, at, when you when you declare what I find is when when it's declared, when I, when I declare the truth of any given moment, there's this energy that's liberated and I can't say for certain what was compacted in the energy. I, I sometimes like to conceptualize and think, you know, a certain thought pattern or a certain frequency or a certain idea or a certain expectation, or maybe something was packaged in a certain way uh, as and, and I disconnected from that. And so when you experience a reconnection, you seem like you experience this liberation of this package of energy, which oftentimes for me is indescribable because it's just like this, this liberation of an energy, which oftentimes can be a, a blissful experience or it could, it could just blossom into something. And I guess in the blossoming process, you don't care as much about what was you know what was there, um, but uh, you know I guess I guess when I come back and think of of my training with how to deal with suffering, it's a a moment of powerlessness, a moment of where you felt alone or a moment of disconnection, and I I, I like to maybe just think right now at least in my awareness that the the disconnection. And and the disconnection and the fear at its core could be at the root, and then I think of almost like some other expectations or dualities kind of spun around it. But at at the core is is just this f- fear um, and disconnection. And then like disconnection to what? Now it kind of sprays out like a wheel. Oh, I'm disconnected yeah. to this, or I'm disconnected to this expectation, or I'm disconnected to this identity, or disconnect. You know, and and so I don't know. I. I I don't have a great answer for that, but that's just kind of the way that I visualize it in my head.
1: And we see like shit at the moment, the disconnect that's happening within humanity with, with our current situation globally, uh, what is, and what that is actually creating in terms of frequency of vibration for humanity, you know, it's it's quite exponential, huh? Like uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really changing the resonant frequency of the collective in consciousness I feel and um, so what what do you think what are some things that people can do you know that may be experiencing disconnect because that to me is like the disharmony that is occurring currently during the pandemic the global pandemic um, what are some things that people can really do to I'm not going to say ease their suffering but to uh, have a conversation with their suffering around disconnect.
2: Yeah. So I would say, you know, in my, in, in, in my experience working with people, it seems as though there's this disconnection with their vital energy, um, or a disconnection with their clarity or a disconnection with their fulfillment. And I kind of branch it out into those three categories. So if you're feeling kind of disconnected in your vitality and your energy, that's a nice place to start in your body, maybe engaging in a workout routine or um, doing some breath work or um, doing some varying yoga practices or stretching or movement practices to get in your body and kind of stir the vitality and stir vital energy. Um, on the flip end of side, from more of a soul or spirit perspective, would be, or highest value perspective would be from a fulfillment would be like connecting you to your highest values and connecting to what's inspiring to you, you know, and, and then in the, in the middle ground is connecting to your emotional state. So it could be connecting to the suffering or connecting to your anger or connecting to the feeling of feeling stuck or connecting to your raw courage or your raw power to stand up for what you need to stand up for. So, so you can connect with kind of using your emotional and mental Fortitude to connect with that. Um, so you could use movement and breath practices to connect with vitality. You can connect with your emotional states um, in in the center to provide your mind with more clarity as to where you're headed. And then also connecting with your with what fulfills you and lights you up in life, and and go and do more of that, and and connect with those. So to me, I've seen those three fairly often of those three disconnections. So those would be three ways to to reconnect the system in 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 different ways.
1: Perfecto. Perfecto. You know, I love breath work. it's something that I actually do regularly. And uh, you know, for those who are actually listening to this podcast is I encourage people to, you know, go into finding sources of breath work and and going to breath work events and being present Mm -hmm. to to having conscious control over your breath and, and being connected to that. Um, I go to breath work every second Friday evening and we do conscious breathing for two hours solid, you know, and without pausing and where, where you actually end up <laughs> in your body or outside of your body. is actually- Yeah. But, you know, can you, speak to, can you speak to some of the components of what breath work actually does bring to the physiology of a human?
2: Well, you know, besides the obvious of, of oxygenation of the tissues, um, it allows the opportunity to, you know, there's an old saying, you know, the issues are in your tissues. Uh, that's, an, that's an old saying. And, you know, what the breath allows, what I find in breath and movement praxis, it begins the stretch, it stretches your diaphragm, it stretches constricted areas of your body that have been bound to the stresses of everyday life. And so when you get an opportunity with your breath to amplify your flexibility on many fronts, whether it be spinally or through the chest and the thorax and through the belly. And like, when you get to expand the whole system, it really produces a wonderful, not only liberation of the tension, because tension is just wound energy. So you free that up. Um, but the range of flexibility that you can get from doing breath work is incredible. And, you know, I find that the mind can, can start to follow that with, a re- with, as you redistribute the energy through the breath and more flexibility and range, your mind will follow that pace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you know, in, in the breath work classes, when you're, when you're breathing for two hours and you're. You're rocking it out, and you're, you know, your your range of breath is is increasing uh, exponentially. Your your mind is a is being liberated at the same time, and it's a it's a wonderful thing to add range and flexibility and greater levels of awareness to mind. And I find that as a great side effect.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. and that that is a beautiful uh, byproduct of of actually being connected to breath for for and doing that. You know, I also uh, have a have a very great mate that uh, she teaches what they call siddha Yoga, right? Or siddha Warrior Yoga, and she taught me she taught me this breath um, that the the warriors actually utilize, and they actually will just do this breathing technique sometimes for a whole day, right? And wow. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating when you when you, you you go and look at the construct behind it, and you know we do it for twenty minutes in the yoga practices that she teaches us, and you know it works every single component, every any every muscle in your body, you know, just through breathing. And I said to her the other day, you know, like I'd like to actually, you know, tone up on my abs a little bit, you know, and she said to me. You know, like, I just want you to do the, the, the warrior breathing. You know, that's all you need to do. I was like, well, I don't have to do gut crunches or <laughs> uh, all these particular thing. you know. Like, <laughs> she's like, no, all you need to do is breathe, you know. So uh, we yes. have this very simple component that, that uh, God consciousness, mother nature, whatever you want to call it, has given us as, to keep us alive is the breath. And it brings so many components to our vitality as a human being. And in our well-being. And it can it just a simple part of being connected to breath can help a person heal, eh?
2: Yeah, it, it absolutely can. Now, do they incorporate some movement with that day-long breathing? I'm just curious because it's no, sounds- No, they, like-
1: they simply they simply stand right in a in a standing posture position and and feet grounded on the floor, and they hold tension in their muscles, and it's just like Wow. And it's more about like that, that out breath. Like I've got a bit of runny yeah. nose this morning, but it's, <laughs> it's, and it's continuously, that is the breath of wow. breath. Mm. And it's like you take the breath in and then it's almost like you're blowing your nose with a tissue. Uh, that's the breath out. And when you do that, it works every single muscle in your body, you know? And so mm-hmm. I've only got to, you know, between 15 and 20 minutes of, of being, of doing it and you, you feel like you've had a full body workout, like, so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's wonderful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, component, that's all. It's,
2: it, it, and you know, the, the, the breath is, you know, when a baby's born, the first thing that we look at is, you know, is the, is the baby breathing and it's, you Mm -hmm. know, it's nature's essential ingredient that the first thing that we look at and it's essential to survive. You can only live two or three minutes and well, maybe some real, crazies out there could go longer but you know in general you have a handful of minutes without the breath before you before you're dead so it's incredible the power when you use breath consciously and and intentionally uh what that breath how it's not just there to have you survive but it it can create neurochemistry in the body and liberate and really liberate us um from our own tensions and and our own life stress patterns.
1: Uh, Totally, you know, prana, the breath of life. And uh, when we look at the, you know, break down the components of like being oxygenated or or breathing or prana is to actually induct charged particles of light into our system, right? So uh, from a physics standpoint, you know, if we have, uh, the, the right balance of charged particles within us, then we become more vital okay? and we in, in essentially become lighter beings.
2: Yes.
1: And so the frequency and vibration uh, of us, we actually are transcending or ascending to a, a higher state of consciousness, like by doing that. And we, we, we activate so many things really like reverse the aging process. We can actually uh, create our own healing we can actually stand off disease just by simply under having the understanding that how important the breath is to our existential being, because
2: it is you know a large particle supply. Yeah. And, and, what's, and you do feel like unstoppable mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, you know, like breath has, when you really connect to that breath, it has this, such a vital component of those particles of the light and you just really as a human being feel unstoppable you know and uh, so yeah alive 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 with
1: vitality yeah and and the 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 source of suffering is absolutely necessary like in that that part of actually our you know i call it um, our evolutionary development as humans because We are the same thing, I call it uh, as above, so below, as so within, as so without, we are just basically atoms that are resonating at a certain frequency as nature is outside of us too as well. So we are reflective components of what nature is in every aspect, right? So Mm -hmm. for us to be able to evolve and to be able to evolve as a species in the collective but also within the collective, within ourselves, uh, we, we have to have certain, certain amounts of challenge. And that is what we label as suffering. But the suffering in essence is, is there to help us grow. And hmm. it's just by understanding that we have been given the breath to be able to connect to that suffering and to sit with it. And if you look at it from a physics point, then, you know, if you, you be with it and breathe into it with the, the different aspects of breath, uh, called ratios of, of breath, then we have the ability to be able to uh, transmute the, the energy dis- distribution of, you know, well, I could say they're stuck particles within our system that then we can disperse them, then we become lighter. hope that made sense, you know, just kind of... yeah. Down-
2: so. And is, isn't that empowering, you know, to be able to know yeah. that you can, you know, turn your suffering into a liberated, empowering yeah. state. And uh, yeah, I think both of us have experienced that through through breath work, and, mm-hmm. and obviously part of the, the doorway in was was to suffer and experience that challenge and maybe that powerlessness or that helplessness in that moment, uh, or that moment of disconnection and, and that reconnection process is, is moving us on the way. So yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Very much so. So suffering is on the way for every human being in our form as we are. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And uh, very true. Now with, with with the understanding is that each human being can suffer a bit better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We can turn yeah. our
2: suffering into, into joy. We can turn our suffering into liberation and
1: mm-hmm. bliss
2: and wonderful transcendent states.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep very much so. And, you know, find the magic in the suffering as well too.
2: Yeah. You know, when you, when you tap into that, it seems like when you, when you, when you, like you said, when you sit with it, when you sit with it and regardless of how you connect to the suffering, um, there's just something so magical once that energy is liberated. And when you really connect to it, it's a, it's like this humbling, bountiful energy. You know, and and there's a groundedness to it, a, a humility to it, but but a grace and 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 a, and, a, and a gratefulness surrounding it as well. You know, at the same time, so.
1: Mhm. Uh, it is, yeah, the, the the gracefulness that actually comes with it. You know, and honouring mm-hmm. is an honouring that comes with it too, as well. You know I, I love this i have this little meditation that i use and um it's it's really it's about letting going letting going letting go into suffering right
2: yeah.
1: and it's it, it's being aware that it's it's just a feeling right and you know i let it come up and i stay with it and i let it run its course and um Without not wanting to make it any different to to what it is or do anything about it, right? It means just I just let it simply be there, and um, I then focus on the energy behind the actual feeling that is is there, and um, I don't give it any like uh, meaning justification to it. I just be with it and view it as just a feeling with a source of energy that's behind it and I don't resist it I don't like vent it I don't fear it I don't condemn it as or label it as being anything really other than just a, just an energy source right and um, I drop the judgment and just see it as a feeling and just just allow it to be there and, and then I just synchronize my breaths with it wherever it may be
2: in my body. do you see the light behind it do you is that do you tend to look at it that way because you're not trying to figure it out it doesn't sound like you're trying to figure things out mentally you're just observing the light behind it Uh yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i'm just observing the energy behind it that's i just view it as energy just observing it as that and you know it's quite a beautiful thing you know anything that you may be dealing with it just you, it's almost like a ball of energy that, that permeates in one particular spot in your body. And then just by doing this, uh, letting go into it kind of meditation breath with breath is, you know, it then disperses. It's, it's quite fascinating, actually. As simple as that. Yeah,
2: <clears throat> That's beautiful. You know, I was, tra- I was trained on, on, um, in, in this uh, mechanism of the 12 stages of the healing process. And that sounds what you're describing as an awakened, state of what we call stage nine which is light behind the form and so where you really see that there's this form and there's a light behind it you know if someone was to go and have an orange as an example in their hand you know they they would see the workers that picked the orange they would see all the energy that was behind the orange so the orange isn't just the orange but the orange is the seeds the the tree the earth, the, all the energy that the people that it took to produce that in the hand, you know, like that type where you're seeing that energy like behind. The,
1: col- the collective energy that, that, that come to that creation of form.
2: Right. Yes. And that. that would be I for us the ninth, that. the ninth stage of healing. Yeah.
1: Wow. I really love that. That is cool. Yeah. Brilliant. And it's an
2: awakened, you know, it's a transcendent state in stage, mm-hmm. in stage nine. So it's, you know, to be able to transcend the physical material and start to see the energy behind these material forms of things, you know? So yeah, it's cool that you were describing that.
1: That's really cool. Thank you for bringing that to my awareness. I love that. Well, wow, this, mm-hmm. is, this is such a cool conversation. And uh, so thank you for like diving on in and I'm sure that we could develop this out further, and we will for sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thank you Steve for having the conversation with me today and thank you very much kelly yeah like let's let's stay in touch and we will uh we will definitely have further conversations around this is beautiful so big love all right
2: thank you for that thank you cool. much love to you
1: hey everybody this is kelly really quickly i just wanted to invite you to join our web class at inceptionmasterclass.com Ben and I have found through our own journeys of self-mastery, the intrinsic hunger that we all have deep inside of us to be more, to do more, have more, and give more. We believe everybody is one paradigm away from something. Some of you guys are one paradigm away from discovering exactly what your purpose here on earth is. Some of you are one paradigm away from that deeply fulfilling intimate relationship. Some of you are one paradigm away from that level of health and physique that you desire. Some of you are one paradigm away from giving your bank account a massive boost. So we put together this in-depth web class together as an insight into our signature program, the Inception Masterclass Series. That has been responsible for dozens of individuals in raising their levels of success in all seven areas of life. This web class is going to help you understand the philosophy, strategy, the implementation tactics and the full truth. That's it, the full truth behind what is needed for you to obtain ever greater levels of achievement and intelligence. So what I recommend you do right now, stop everything, pause this audio, go online and go to inceptionmasterclass.com. That's inceptionmasterclass.com and join the next live web class with Ben and I. There's a web class starting in the next few days, so go and sign up right now, inceptionmasterclass.com.